you ready for retirement? Do you feel comfortable about your years of retirement? Many women don't feel ready or have some questions that need to be answered. Welcome to Women Seeking Blissful Retirement with Maria Lucasen. We've got some amazing guests and terrific ideas to make sure you are preparing and enjoying retirement. Now, here's your host, Maria Lucasen. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to today's show of Women Seeking Blissful Retirement at the Empowerment Channel of Voice America, the largest radio platform in the world of talk radio shows. Welcome to all our listeners in the United States, in Canada, but uh, there are also some in Europe or in China. Welcome. Anywhere you are listening to this show live or as a recording, I'm very grateful that you made the decision to find out more about the topic of retirement. It's my great pleasure to present this series of shows and bring you subjects that will help you in planning and preparing for the next chapter in life. My name is Maria Lucasa and I am excited. This is the talk show for unique women who dream to retire soon, blissfully. If this is what you are dreaming about, you are at the right place. You can still be working a job, but if you are contemplating early involuntary retirement maybe, now because of the situation with COVID-19, you need to be listening here. In this show, we feature guest experts on many topics, and today my expert is Cherie Clark. Hello, Cherie. How are you? Hello, Maria. It's nice to be here with you. I'm great. I would, uh, I'm happy that you have time this morning to talk with me for a little hour about something that we are both really very passionate about, helping women through this transition from what they are doing to something that they envision, that they would like to do, that they uh, need help with to figure out what it is maybe and also how to do the thing that they like to uh, accomplish. And so I want to start off with the listener giving you a short bio and uh, that goes as follows. Sherry Clark is a midlife courage coach, TV show host, inspiring speaker, and accomplished author. Sherry has written and presented on topics ranging from creating your life vision to overcoming career burnout. She appears in a weekly segment on KCWI Channel 23. It's a local television channel, while maintaining a busy practice called Fork in the Road, where she coaches clients one-on-one and in groups on creating an authentically fulfilling life. Oh, you do a lot of things, Cherie. Wow. <laughs> that is a, um, a big job what you are doing. So you are calling yourself a midlife Courage coach. And um, can you explain to our listeners what that means? What do you do? Absolutely. Yes, thank you for asking. You know, midlife is a, it's, I call it a delicious time of life. There, we've learned a lot by the time we get to this point in our lives, and we know that there are things ahead of us. Um, and I call myself a midlife courage coach because I believe that it takes guts to live the second half of your life for yourself when typically you've lived the first half for everybody else. And that, by that, I mean particularly women. Yes, um, very true. Um, I, I actually like the midlife stage uh, very much too. Um, it's um, it's a stage where we are, um, I think, in a better place most of the time as when we are younger as, as a person because we have figured out a few things. But at the same time, like you and I have discovered, often we are doing things just because we got in that routine, in that 
um, how shall I say, live and it happened to us. And now all of a sudden we realize, hmm, maybe there's something else out there that um, we like to do or we are not happy anymore with the current situation. So that's what, um, why I think we have um, a lot of inspiring women where we work with. So who do you work with typically? And why do they seek out you as a midlife courage coach? Well, the majority of my clients or the, the women that I work with, and I work predominantly with women. That doesn't mean I don't work with men. I do have some male clients. But usually, Maria, I find that it's women who are more concerned about this topic and about self-development and self-improvement. And that doesn't mean that the men aren't also interested in that. But I think as a general rule, women are more likely to go actively seeking assistance with that. So the majority of the people that I work with are female. Um, And then typically, for whatever reason, I have attracted an audience that is in what I call midlife. And Midlife, we could define demographically by a number of years, by an age, by when you were born. Um, And and that Mm -hmm. would be, you know, typically we would agree that somewhere over 40. Um, But I happen to take a little bit of a different um, view of midlife. And I don't know that it depends as much on a number as it does on a perception of where you are in life. So I think that there are some very young people who have a midlife mentality. And I mean that as a compliment. I don't mean that they're old fogies. I mean that they view things in a way that maybe has a, has some sageness to it. So I would include them in midlife. I will also say, I don't think that midlife has a conclusion. And I have spoken with people, women, who they might say to me, I'll say, I'm a midlife courage coach. And they'll say, oh, I could have used you when I was in midlife and the woman may be only in her 60s. And I I stop them and I say, you know, midlife doesn't end because you reached a certain number on your calendar of years. It really is an attitude. And I believe that I will be midlife until I'm no longer breathing. Yeah. (laughs) And I think that I, I love that how you say attitude to something because that is it's all kind in our mind really how we feel about life and where we see ourselves in the long journey that we have as a person on this earth and um, I think midlife is um, a time period where you are much more aware of who you are and what your role is in life. And yes. um, as you mentioned already, all of us have multiple roles in our life. And um, the roles that you talk about that we play as a woman, um, can you talk a little bit about those and how you see what retirement, what kind of a role that could be? Yes, yes. So, you know, the we do have a lot of roles throughout our lives and those roles evolve and change and they multiply. So let's just think one universal role that every single person listening to this show has is they're an offspring. Everybody tuned in is either the son or more likely the daughter of someone and that makes you an offspring. And Offspring even has multiple levels. So if you were adopted, you are the offspring of your biological parents and also of your adoptive parents. Other roles we might have would be things like spouse, if a person is married or in a committed relationship. Um, If you have children, then you might be a mother. And again, there are different levels or kinds of motherhood, not levels as in better, worse, or progressive, but levels meaning just different categories. So you could be a foster parent or an adoptive parent or a birth parent 
parent or whatever. Um, you could be a pet parent, as I am. Um, you yes. could be <laughs> another role is friend. Um, another would be employee or employer or boss or um, maybe you're a volunteer. So when I talk about the roles and you start thinking about that, you do have many, many roles, especially yes. again as women that we fill. And so the role of retiree is yet another. And I view that as having also like offspring, like mother or parent, having many levels to it. Yes. And, and, and it's actually a, a role that comes to you naturally. You choose sometimes roles like being a volunteer or um, if you do a certain um, job or um, you're, you're teaching uh, uh, as a coach or whatever, that is a role that you choose. But retiree is a role that comes naturally. I don't think anybody can say they never uh, become in that group because you uh, used to be that you couldn't work when you were a retiree. But now I think the perspective is changing completely. So yes, um, I would agree. I agree with that. Yeah. So um, when you talk about uh, the role of a retiree, how do you see that? Do you think people can prepare for that role in life? Yeah, you know, the the whole role of retiree thing is such an individual thing. And because, as you've referenced, it's one that kind of comes upon you in, in some instances, certainly not in all, because there are people who choose to not retire. And um, I don't think that that's necessarily a bad thing. So for, for someone who might be listening who says, you know, I, I don't even know that I want to retire at all. I, I, I'm pretty happy doing the things that I'm doing, and I don't think I want that to change. And I don't know that that's a bad thing. Um, I think it's a very individual journey. And just like, as I said earlier, I feel that there are younger people who have a more mature outlook, and we might even view as having a midlife mentality in a good way. Um, there are retiree or people who are of retirement age who don't want the, the moniker of retiree and don't want to quit working. And I guess what I would say to them is to stay light on your feet and to remember that the definition of retiree when your parents were of a certain age doesn't fit our generation anymore. Any longer, I Maria. I don't. I don't know about you. I'm guessing we're close in age, but I'm a baby boomer, and my yeah. parents were then of the greatest generation, which would have been born in the 1930s. And the role yeah. of retiree and the the of how they viewed the whole process or phase of life we deem as retirement was completely different. Just as the role of women for my mother, again born in 1936. When she became of age, there were certain expectations for how her life would unfold. And when I was born in 1956, those expectations were different and evolved. And it's the same case with retirement. So I think it's essential if we're going to have a good time and a good experience with this phase we call retirement to be thoughtful about it and to not just close our eyes and say, well, I don't want to do that but to look at it as a rite of passage, just like reaching childbearing age or just like graduating from college or vocational school. It is a time that we can choose to step into and make our own. And thank goodness we're alive on this planet now. I prefer the role and the options and the choices that I have in my own life to those that were on my mother's menu of choices. Yes, I see that completely. And like you mentioned already, we are very close in age. So I can completely relate to what you just explained about the differences between our parents who retired and they really retired by doing nothing uh, anymore and maybe a little bit helping out uh, um, if they had uh, their own 
um, business or my father who had a farm. He would go and help my brother once in a while, but just the little things, what he enjoyed doing, you know. At other times, he was just home and maybe reading a book. So the times indeed have changed in that respect, that we are much more active. We have a completely different view on life. And there's a lot of us who indeed do not want to retire because we are still energetic. We still have interests in many things. And the current timing with all the technology that is going on is so much more um, um, interesting for us to do things as just sitting home. But there are other people who are really happy to do that once they stop working, um, who have not uh, thought of that there are other possibilities out there and who indeed might just say, okay, I'm happy to maybe travel a little bit and otherwise I'm home, I can go to the beach, I can go for a walk and do things like that. That, that. And that is cool too, if that is what is your vision for retiring. But there are a lot of us who will try to prolong that active time as much as possible, as long as possible. But there will be a time that all of us, of all of us, the majority of us, might have some um, aging, going on that might slow us down a little bit in, in, in some of our uh, things that we are doing. And then you glide um, gracefully, hopefully, in the aging period of what I call them being retired, or I used to call retired by doing um, leisure things. Um, yeah, so it's, it's, it's a fascinating topic, I think, what we're talking about today. So what would you say if someone who doesn't feel ready to retire at all? I mean, you and I, we in a way uh, don't mind retiring as long as we can do what we want to do. <laughs> That's exactly right. Well, I think the, the, probably the advice I would give is um, to ask yourself thoughtfully how it is you're defining the word retirement. What do you think it is? And to realize that when someone says, well, you know, I'm not ready to retire, the, the thing I say back to them is, when you say you're not ready to retire, what do you think of retirement as? Um, because what happens, I think, is that we get some ideas stuck in our head that it might look the way that that our parents' retirement looked or the way that we saw it on portrayed on television in the 1960s. And it's not necessarily that way any longer. So I think I would say to someone, if you say you're not ready for retirement, step out of your own conversation for just a moment and say, what is retirement? What does it mean anyway? What is it? What does that look like for me and um, how might it shift and why am I averse to it? Is is it something I'm viewing 100% negatively or is it something I'm willing to at least view with some favorability? And that would be, I think that would be the thing I would say. I would never try to talk somebody into retirement or slowing down. I think that um, I think that we need to follow our own paths, but I also yeah. feel because I'm a coach that it's my responsibility to ask pointed questions. And one of those questions is, what do you think retirement is? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I agree with that. And sometimes um, they have not thought about retirement. Many women that I've spoken with when I'm doing uh, workshops or something, they think retiring is just a date or a, a year in your age that you pick and say, okay, I retire when I'm uh, 65 or something, and, uh, or by the end of the year, this year or next year or whenever. And that's it. That's all that I think of. And then the other aspect of when they think about retirement is the financial aspect because that's where the media and everybody else is talking about that you need at least a half a million or maybe even more if you want to have a good retirement, a fun retirement, an exciting retirement. And personally, I think 
doesn't need to be like that. You can retire when uh, and see it as a longer period, a longer chapter in your life where you can uh, have a great time. It can be the best time of your life uh, as long as you can see it that way and you are open for what it is, uh, what is possible. So uh, if, if you have somebody that is at the end of their working uh, life, say they are uh, reaching 65 or 66 and uh, that's the usual age that uh, they are let go or that people in their company retire. What would you, uh, what advice would you give them? Oh, what a great question. Um, you know, there's there are several different ways I could go with that. And I, I think that the the first advice I would give someone who's like nearing the end of their regular work obligations and realizing that retirement might be imminent would be um, to get off auto autopilot. So get off autopilot. When I say that, what I mean is we, especially those of us who work um, in demanding jobs or ones with, you know, your work, your work obligations very often will take up a third of your day. Um, if you if you look at it as a 24-hour day and you work eight hours of those, um, that's fully yeah. 30%. And then you've got the other 30%, hopefully you're sleeping and resting and then only 30% left for leisure. So, Start looking at your day differently, just looking at it. I'm not saying do anything differently. I'm saying just view your day differently and ask yourself during this 24-hour period and then during my week, which is 168 hours, what are the things that I find lighting me up? What am I enjoying? What is it that I could do and I need to be torn away from? What do I really love? And for some of us, and that would be myself and maybe for you, Maria, is sometimes work is what I want to be doing. So while you might say I'm ending, you know, nearing the end of my regular work obligations, that doesn't mean I necessarily want to give up all the work, all my work and simply step away from it. So a thoughtful review of your schedule, of your calendar, of your day and checking in with your heart and with what makes you happy. What do you look forward to? When I am doing this exercise, what I do is I open up my digital calendar and I look at all of the obligations that I have written in there that day. And they might be appointments with clients or they might be obligations like this interview or they might be things that I've committed to, maybe volunteer uh, obligations or they might be faith-based things that I'm doing. And I sit and I look at each one on my calendar. And as I do, I check in with my body and I say, how do I feel about this? And you know, when you see someone's name on your schedule that you haven't seen in a long time or something that you're excited about doing and you see that and you get and you feel a little flutter of, oh, oh, good. I get to do that today. That's a sign. And when you look at another obligation and the sense, the sensation that you have is, oh, dear God, I wonder if I can get out of this. That's another signal. So that, to me, is something that we need to be taking stock of regularly, not just when we're nearing retirement, but certainly as we do, because that's a sign about what kinds of things we want to add more of into our lives when we have the luxury of time of being able to do that. Another thing I would suggest is to take care of your body starting immediately. If you are not already doing it, then you need to begin, and it is absolutely not too late. If you are already doing things exercise-wise, evaluate. Are these the best things for me at this stage in my life? If I had more time, could I do something that might be gentler? Maybe go, maybe switch from running to swimming. Maybe do something that uh, that you ordinarily wouldn't have. T- you wouldn't think you have time to do, like take a yoga class because you've got to factor in travel and and all the other factors and and so on. And then certainly, you know, it's time to be taking stock of our financial situation. And by that, I mean, while we might not be adding a whole lot more to the pot as we're getting closer to retirement, we certainly need to take a look at what is going out, what kinds of things we need and don't need, and what might we evaluate and say, 
you know, I don't think that this is something that's a priority for me anymore. I'll give myself as an example, as I've changed my career, I spend less on the business clothes that I used to wear when I had a different business life. So there's a lot of different things and a lot of different angles that we can look at this from. Yes, I uh, and, and that's indeed the case. It's most, not most, but a lot of women, we are working. And when we talk about working, it's a job. It's a nine-to-five most of the time. Um, but there's also women who are working as a nurse in hospitals, who are teaching. So there's different kind of careers. And uh, before you reach the really the burnout situation from your job, um, it's good especially if you're getting in midlife, to think about what else is there? What can I do? That How can I change this so that I indeed have more joy in my life with what I'm doing? And I like how you talk about the process that you go through with somebody who is um, ready to make a transition but doesn't know really what it is, and how you give them clues on figuring out about what it is that they don't like and how they can find something that gives them more pleasure. So I want to stop here for a a little moment because it's time for our break. So all the listeners, thank you for listening so far. Cherie and I will be talking a little bit more in the second half about uh, being retired. So please come back after the break. I'll see you there again. Thank you. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Broaden your mind. Open your heart for a greater understanding of how to express your pure and authentic nature. Tune in and turn on 1111 Talk Radio. Simron, author, publisher, and life mentor, broadens minds and opens hearts to a greater understanding of life, consciousness, and humanity. 1111 Talk Radio is every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. 1111 Talk Radio. You are not on a journey. You are the journey. You are experience experiencing itself. Life-changing events can have positive and or negative repercussions. When they happen, they can feel elating or devastating to those affected. It can also get in the way of your personal and professional life. On Life-Altering Events with host Frank Zakari, we examine the scope of these events and discuss how to move forward in the wake of the opportunities presented. It's never too late to get started or pick up the pieces and move forward. Listen Tuesdays at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have you discovered your brain power? Just ask yourself, what's my number? And use the amazing power of emotional brain training, EBT. Enhance your vibrancy, happiness, relationships, productivity, sense of purpose, and health. Listen for Brain Power with Dr. Laurel Mellon. Experience the power of EBT every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Your mind, body, and life will thank you. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Women Seeking Blissful Retirement. To reach Maria Lucasen, her guest, or the show today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email, please send to Maria at marialucasenhq.com. Now, back to Women Seeking Blissful Retirement. Welcome back, ladies. I hope you enjoyed the show so far. And if you like it, please go to one of the podcasts like iTunes or iHeartRadio and leave a nice comment for us. Uh, Also, I love to get your questions or any comments 
that you have about the show, so feel free to email me, and then I can answer them on the next episode. So let's dive in right now in the last segment of this show. Cherry, um, about uh, we were talking just uh, before the break about uh, what uh, people can do or what you would suggest to people who are getting at the end of their job obligations. What advice would you give to people who are just anxious about that next chapter in life? <laughs> well, I, 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 first thing I'll say to you is it's perfectly normal to feel anxious because we think about it. We've, we've felt, felt anxious about every single chapter that we've had in our life. I felt anxious after high school graduation because I had never been to college before. I felt anxious about graduating from college because I'd never had a full-time job or I went to graduate school, had never done that. So recognize that any angst, anxiousness you might have, um, it's a normal rite of passage. So that would be the very first thing. And that hopefully will bring your anxiety level down a little bit. And then, yeah. then I, would, I would ask, where, what area is the angst or anxiousness coming from? Are you feeling anxious because you're concerned about money? Or is it anxiousness because you're worried about how are you going to spend the time? I talked to some women who are anxious because they have, they, have, they have a relationship or a spouse, and now they're worried that they're going to be spending a lot more time with that spouse than they had in the, however, 30 or 40 or even 50 years of marriage. Now, mm-hmm. all of a sudden, both partners are occupying the house at the same time, and how is that going to work? So you can see there's any number of things. Another angst uh, source is um, those who are about to retire who are grandparents and they feel pressure from their children to, to care, to be caretakers and they don't want to. So, you know, so looking at why do I feel anxious? And then you can address the issue. And what I would do, depending on what the angst, where the, what the source of the angst is, is seek help. For that specific issue, if you're concerned about finances, talk to a financial advisor or, or a strategist in that regard so that you can lay those fears to let rest. They won't go away on their own. If it's the concern about your relationship or your marriage, then talking in advance before the retirement happens or soon thereafter with a marriage counselor or relationship coach, that would be a benefit. So, Really, just like what we, when we are concerned about our health, if you have a toothache, you typically go to a dentist, not a podiatrist. So finding out someone who specializes in what it is that's causing you concern would be my best advice. Yes, yes. And, uh, and indeed, first of all, thinking of what it is that is creating uh, the, the fear for retirement, why you say, okay, uh, I, I really do not want to, to be in that situation yet, so that you can go and talk to somebody who specializes in this type of uh, issue and then get help, get professional help, because often it's not just something that you can figure out on your own uh, most of the time, um, because if, if finances are a big hurdle for you that they say, okay, it's, that is what is bothering me about my retirement, then the best thing is to talk to somebody who knows um, a lot more about it, who talks about it every day with all kinds of people and not just with your brother or your sister or your neighbor because they might have their own ideas and own challenges with, with that issue too. So go and f- find an expert who can help you um, figure out what you can do to get uh, in a better situation for that particular area of your life. Yes, that's great advice to give. Um, Sometimes I think we women have um, some uh, thoughts about uh, how we got to where we are right now. And um, we have certain feelings you were just, 
uh, using or talking about um, if you have children and grandchildren uh, and you really do not want to be a, take care, a caretaker. Um, so some of us might have uh, regrets about decisions that we made at an earlier point that are affecting us when we are talking about um, going into retirement or in transition to a different stage in our life. And um, well, how do you see that? How can they work through those issues that might um, block them in a way in, in making uh, progress in, in the transition to where they want to go? You know, you bring up a really good point, Maria. Um, regret is is not uncommon um, when we get to a certain stage of our life because we've had so many years in which, and when you have that many years, you get a chance to make quite a few mistakes. And you know, let's right. don't forget we also made some really good decisions and some and some great things have happened, but regret is not uncommon. So that is one thing I, I want everyone to hear that. If you're feeling regret, you're not the only person on the planet. Um, we've all done things that if we had a chance to go back and unring the bell, we certainly would. But the reality is, in most instances, you can't undo something. You can, you can, however, move forward. And certainly that means learning from the lesson. It could mean making amends. It could mean um, uh, reducing losses if losses are still occurring as a result of a regrettable decision, whatever that might look like. And um, so when I was suggesting seeking help, sometimes others, perhaps a counselor or a therapist or a coach can help with that area as well. And I will give um, your listeners one suggestion as a place to start where, which is actually where I start with my own clients when I find that they have, when they're saddled with regrets. And that is, I suggest to them that they make a complete list, take an inventory of the regrets that you have over your life. Now, when I first say that, a lot of times people will, will look at me and think, why on earth would I do a horrible thing like that? But here's the reason I'm suggesting the exercise. Once you sit down and start doing it, you start to come to terms with the fact that either the list isn't as long as you've led yourself to believe, or if the list is particularly long, that there are certain things that came out of your regrettable choices that ended up being bonuses. Maybe you're divorced and you regret having been in that marriage. But if you had children as a result of that union, you wouldn't have had them had you not been in that marriage so to me, that kind of nullifies or annuls the regret. And working through that process, I think, can help you find some peace with what the mistakes, what we might call mistakes, or the decisions that you've made over your life, and hopefully bring you to a point of reconciliation with yourself. Exactly, exactly. Um, because sometimes you think about things, uh, decisions that you made, in a negative way. Um, because of the feelings that you have about what happened. But if you start looking at it, like you say, um, the other consequences that came out of it might be so much more positive, like somebody who is divorced but has children and hopefully has a really good relationship with, with their children, then you can see, okay, yeah, it happened. It was a certain time in my life. But if you can find closure with that time, then you can move on to being happy with what you have and what the result was um, for it and what it is um, now for you in, 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 the, in this stage of life, the, the joy that you have from your children and maybe grandchildren. So that is the thing that... Uh, we need to see in order to be able to move on to the next chapter, I think, in life that we have to uh, let go of things that have been bothering us for a long time. And then we can all of a sudden be open again for something new. So what are some of the other issues that you see clients struggling with when they get closer to retirement? 
Um, you know, it, 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 some people might call this, you know, regret by another name. But the one thing that I, I see oftentimes um, with those nearing retirement is a little bit of a, a tip of the hat to the road not taken. Um, it, you know, and it's interesting. I call my my own practice fork in the road for a reason because yeah. we're all you know, at a different fork in the road and, and the forks in the road aren't necessarily just big ones. Like, do I retire now? Or, you know, do I downsize my home? A fork in the road can be a decision that you make every day. Like, you know, do I have dessert again tonight when I've had it for the last four nights (laughs) or do I maybe skip it tonight and give myself my, you know, my body a break from all the sugar. But um, so I think that, you know, thinking about the road, not, not taken, not traveled, um, is one of the things that is an issue, um, feeling some of that. And, and again, it could be akin to regret, but I don't think it's ex- exactly like it. And then I, th- I think that the other thing is then, um, the big one is, what am I going to do with this time? And I think that the thing that I see that I would love to have people consider more is don't think that all of a sudden you have endless time on your hands. And because be, just because you don't have that work obligation, yes, it frees up per, potentially all, as, almost as much as 30% of your calendar. But there can be a lot of backfill. And if you're not cautious, you can find yourself committing to a lot of obligations when really what you need is a little bit of a break. So when you asked about what are some of the, the issues that I see them struggling with, what to do with the time is probably the big one. And I would urge people listening to not overcommit too quickly to things and to potentially, just like when I graduated from graduate school, when I got my master's degree, and before I started my first full-time job, I took a little breather. I had gone to college six years in a row, and I needed some space some time to clear my head. I would never have that time with a free calendar ever again, or at least not for a very long time. And so I would urge potential retirees to plan that into their schedule. When your work obligations end on a Friday, don't then Monday dive headlong into volunteering for the church and taking care of the kids and running everybody's errands and joining all kinds of organizations Take a breather and take an assessment of what it is you really want. Yes, um, and that is the thing. Um, luckily, quite a few women that I have spoken to that retired and who retired kind of purposely, uh, indeed took time for themselves to just relax, get up in the morning when they wanted to, and not have any kind of obligations in a way, but just let the, they go on and see what happens just so they could figure out um, what it really is that you want to do. It's, it's good to be active and to uh, be involved in things. And that's definitely something that uh, you need to think of when you retire because it gives you purpose, it gives you meaning, it's value, gives you value in life. But maybe just take, like you mentioned, a couple of months, half a year, a whole year, whatever time it is for you, off. And don't do anything, just enjoy the, the, the time that you have and do the things you like to do. If it's reading a book, go and sit and read the book that you want to do. Or if you want to go and just have a walk in, in, uh, in the forest or in one of the parks, then that is what is on your mind. And just enjoy it and let um, the universe figure out how the, the messages that it's going to give you, how you can fill in the rest of your life. Yes, that's the, the thing um, for um, quite a few that I think they have to do something um, because otherwise they are not thought of as being uh, a kind of a productive member of society. So um, for those that seem to get it right and end up in a good spot after they retire, is, um, how, does, how do they get there or how does that happen for them? 
<laughs> I think the A number one uh, thing that they all have in common, the ones that, that seem to get it right, as you, as you put it, um, have an attitude, a certain attitude about, and the attitude isn't, I'm old, I'm out to pasture, you know, this is the, the last uh, bus stop before the, the cemetery. Their attitude is, um, I have worked hard to get to this place and I am going to enjoy where I am now and enjoy the fruits of my labor and be still be a contributing member of society in whatever way that looks like for me. And I think that the ones that get it right um, took some time beforehand, or if you're listening and you're already retired, take the time now and look for, um, and, they, and they're out there, role models for those who are doing it in a fashion that you enjoy. And those role models might be living, breathing people you can talk to. They might be um, people that you had worked with when you were in the work environment and in the work world who retired prior or ahead of you. And you might want to have a conversation with them and say, how how does your day look? What is it structured like? Um, What do you do with your time? What regrets do you have um, that you could, if you could go back and do it over again in how you handled the transition between the workplace and retirement? What would you suggest that I do differently? Like do exactly, Maria, what you're doing now with asking me some really good pointed questions that you've obviously thought through. If you do that, if your listeners do that with um, people who they they admire or look up to, they'll gain some really sage wisdom and great advice for free. Um, another way of doing it is to read um, autobiographies. Pick someone who has lived um, what you would consider to be a rich and abundant life and learn about them. Learn, read between the lines. How did they do it? How, were, how did they accomplish it? Um, and realize that this time of life is beautiful if you can view it that way. And attitude is really a big part of that. So be curious and and explore and ask and push the limits and and view it as your time. Yes, and and uh, that is um, where I for today. I want to finish our conversation with um, because we are getting closer to the end of our uh, hour here, and I have. A few things that I want to mention before we go. I enjoyed this conversation this morning about retiring and all the issues that can come up for us, uh, for anybody who is thinking about it and or better doesn't think about it. I hope we gave them some great golden nuggets here of things that might impact their life when they retire. So, Sherry, I thank you for joining me this morning. It was great to hear your wise advice on this topic here with all the experience that you have. Thank you so much for being on the call this morning. Thank you for having me. Um, Before I go, I have one more question. I think you had something special for our listeners that you wanted to give them or uh, give them access to so that could help them when they start thinking about retiring. Can you explain to them what that is and where they can find it? Indeed, indeed. Yes, I have a gift for anyone listening and thank you for being here today. I'd like to give you what I call my wild cards. And what wild cards are, they're prompts that will help you start a discussion with yourself. And you might be able to tell if you've been listening closely to our conversation that I am full of questions myself. And I want to give that to you. It's a, it's a little deck of cards um, and you can use them as journal prompts or you can use them as conversation starters with your friends. And um, Maria, I understand you're going to provide the URL so that people can pick that up and have that for themselves. Yes, yes. I will do the URL. We'll go in the description of your show. 
So um, everybody who would like to have them can find the, the URL there, the website where they can get it. And if they email me, of course, then I'm happy to uh, reply to that email with the URL where they can find the wild cards. So thank you for having that available because I think that's really great to get started. For me, a fast action tip would be indeed to start thinking about something that maybe you always wanted to do, but you put it off because life got in the way and you did something else. So, and that could be something like traveling to a place where you uh, always wanted to go, or maybe you wanted to write a book or then start writing a blog or something. But there's plenty of things, I think, when you really want to think, you can find out what that is. So my quote for today is, it's a quote from Sophia Loren, which is a famous Italian actress. I have seen her in many movies. And she says, there is a fountain of youth. It's your mind, your talents, the creativity you bring to your life and the lives of people you love. When you learn to tap this source, you will truly have defeated age. So talking about age, midlife and retiring, I thought that was an appropriate quote for finishing this episode of Women Seeking Blissful Retirement. Next week, we will speak with Annie Gaudreau. She is from Canada, and we're going to talk about um, nutrition and eating healthy. So thank you all the listeners for being on the show today, for making time to turn in. We will be back next week at the same time on Wednesday morning, and I hope to see you again. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Women Seeking Blissful Retirement. Your host, Maria Lukasen, will return with another show next Wednesday morning at 6 a.m. Pacific Time and 9 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Together, we'll help you enjoy better retirement. 